Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Putting the Horse First. My name is Isabel Salas. I am your host, and my guest here today is Claire, and Claire is going to tell us about her journey with horses and about her equine breathing system. So, Claire, before I start asking you questions about that, why don't you just tell us a little about you, about how you got into horses, and then how you maybe lead that into how you develop your breathing method. Yeah, so I've always had horses. I didn't start very early because I lived in a suburban uh, place, but I used to ride my imaginary horse to school. You know, I was bitten by the bug very young, like so many of us. But what happened was I had a bad accident when I was 20 and my health went downhill after that, you know, for a long time. And I was ill for 15 years, the last two of which I was actually bedridden. And then I came across the Buteco breathing method. And basically, I did it. And where nothing else had helped, the Buteco breathing method gave me my life back. And I was just, I was training to be a Buteco practitioner, actually. And I was with my thoroughbred who was, had developed head shaking in his early 20s. And it was really violent head shaking. And my vet had tried all sorts of things. My vet was a a homeopath, tried all sorts of things, but it was slightly better, but it was starting earlier and earlier each year. So I knew we weren't really getting to the root of it. And I suddenly realised that a horse is a mammal and has fundamentally the same breathing physiology that we do. Mm-hmm. And so Buteco's, the principles behind Buteco's work should work on horses. But it's just that Buteco would explain to people, look, you're over breathing and that's what's causing your health problems. So follow this uh, breathing practice and reduce your over breathing and then you'll get better. So I couldn't really do that with the horses. So I played around with various different techniques. And because my horses head shaking was so bad, I was able to monitor the effect of what I was doing. And basically, cut a long story short, he got better. I thought, well, if it works on head shaking, you know, it probably works on other things. So I started trying it on different other things. Like when I think my second case was sweet itch, worked on that. And then third case was wind sucking, worked on that. Uh, and then I thought, well, I'd better make this available to people. It clearly works. And it's based on sound scientific physiology which seemed to work in practice and I seem to have found a method that that people really almost anyone can do and uh, it's called one end breathing and it's available on my website for free you know you don't have to pay so anyone can just try it see if it works but what I wanted to talk about specifically was this idea that when you put the horse first my feeling is that breathing has to be a very big part of that because Mm -hmm. it turns out that because of the physiology involved, breathing has an enormous impact on the horse, uh, on any horse, and that people don't realise it. I mean, I've had people say to me, oh, don't be silly, you know, a horse knows how to breathe. And that's the same for people, you know, people know how to breathe, don't they? Well, Mm -hmm. no actually. No, they don't. And there's a very straightforward reason for that, which I'll I'll come on to later. But I was thinking, you see, about putting the horse first, we as trainers would think immediately of the five domains to ensure that the horse is as well looked after as possible. And those domains are nutrition, environment, health, behavior, and mental state. And when I thought about those, I thought, well, breathing is absolutely crucial to every single one. The thing is that people, because because they don't realize, they don't appreciate that a horse might not be breathing as well as they could, they can be fighting against all sorts of problems. 
that are actually to do with the breathing. And the good thing about the breathing is that it can be over breathing, can be reduced back down towards normal breathing. And that gives the physiology a chance to, to recover. And it's, it's amazing, you know, to see a horse that's been written off, you know, for euthanasia for whatever symptoms they've got. It, it's amazing to see them actually heal. So my thinking was, well, we as trainers are interested in making the horse as healthy as possible by giving them these um, five domains, the nutrition, environment, health, behavior, and mental state. And breathing can play a huge role in all five of those. So one of the things I think people just don't recognize that breathing is of any concern, unless they've got mm. a horse that's got asthma. And actually, mm. people with horses that head shake, it always surprises me because they talk a lot about overbreathing symptoms such as excessive snorting, but they don't put two and two together and they don't understand that they say my horse has got allergies, but they don't understand when I try and say it's because the horse is overbreathing. They don't mm. seem to make the connection. Gotcha. One of the things about training is that if you've got a horse that is finding training difficult for whatever reason, then the breathing probably is an underlying factor. But it's something that we can all address without spending any money yes without so, <laughs> yeah exactly and so that's why I wanted to talk about it because I thought if I just explained one thing that happens when you breathing the breathing pattern is directly linked to adrenaline production and heart rate mm -hmm. and this is because through evolution if you needed to run away from a lion and tiger you had to increase your breathing and the adrenaline was what helped you to do that because it's mm. no good seeing a lion and going oh yeah oh, there's a lion you know yes. <laughs> you have to have the adrenaline there to go oh my goodness right. rude there but I managed to okay. say, <laughs> oh my goodness there's a lion I've got to get the hell out of here you know so basically if the breathing is increased then the adrenaline production is increased Mm -hmm. If the adrenaline production is increased, the breathing is increased. So that's a good evolutionary method. But when you think about it in terms of today's lifestyle, if the horse is in a stable and something frightens him, he's going to get an adrenaline rush. If he's not able to run away, it's a bit complicated here, I'll skim over it. But the, the physiology is that if you run once your adrenaline has been raised, that makes it easier for the breathing to come back down afterwards. Okay. So you come back down into a resting state mm -hmm. of parasympathetic basically but there are many situations where the horse can't run mm -hmm. so the adrenaline is just stays there it's like people having road rage and they're sitting in a car gotcha. the adrenaline stays high and so they stay in road rage and the other way round is that if you have a horse that has started to build up symptoms such as asthma mm -hmm. or head shaking their breathing deteriorates their breathing gets bigger and bigger that causes adrenaline ah. to be produced Gosh, that makes them more yeah makes them more and everything yeah. it makes them all the things that we don't want when we're training so, so um when you say over breathing you mean breathing too quickly and too shallowly no i i simply mean taking too much volume of air in okay now the reason i said no is because horses like humans can actually over breathe at very high respiration rates that's what we would expect you know high shallow breathing um they can also over breathe at very slow deep breathing ah, okay taking in too much and they can also 
over-breathe at normal respiration rates. Oh, interesting. Okay. So. Yeah, that's why <laughs> That's why people say sometimes they've had their horse checked by the vet and they say, oh, the, the breathing's normal, the respiration rate's normal. It doesn't matter. Oh, interesting. Still, okay. No, the horse can still be over-breathing. So your horse with head shaking, it's completely stopped now or does it still head shake at times? This is like 25 years ago. So what happened was, I think in the first year, straight away, I think it was in a couple of weeks, there was significant reduction of symptoms. He, he was mm. much more comfortable. And like as you thought, he did still head shake on days where the conditions were really bad or he was stressed. By the end of the first year, it was rare for him to head shake. And after that, it disappeared. And mm. interestingly, so did a lot of his other problems that he'd had. Oh. He'd always been a horse that was prone to getting little fevers, you know, if he got wet and things like okay. that. And he was a bit arthritic because he was old. And he, I can't remember, to be honest, the other things that were wrong with him. But he gotcha. just got a new lease of life he was wow he, he was like a, he was like a jack-in-the-box he just bounced all over the place at age 27 or whatever he was and then he, he he died at the age of 35 but he'd had a very hard life before I got him so um, and he was a thoroughbred so I thought 35 wasn't bad really that 35 is pretty good yes that's so, really cool that you had all of those results I mean I've certainly I've had horses with heaves we have uh, known horses who do crib. That would be interesting to try. And, you know, I never thought about it for horses. I have done, I've worked with Mary Wallace a lot and she does a lot. Breathing is a big part. How you properly breathe is a big part of her work. And I've done breathing work in meditation, but the idea of doing it with horses never even occurred to me. No. Well, I think the thing is that people didn't expect it to be that horses are over breathing. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that if they're over breathing, you can reduce it. It's like I said, I couldn't say to my horse, look, you're over-breathing. Look, just <laughs> reduce your breathing. You know, that, that would be good. Even with positive reinforcement, I couldn't have done that. That I would be good, actually, to some extent. But the, mm. this is a much more direct effect. I thought yeah. to myself, well, what would happen is if I did the reduction of the breathing myself and I found that horses love it huh. um, they they love it straight away I mean especially horses with asthma and things which is it's sort of people find this a bit counterintuitive they say what but my horse can't breathe how can reducing the breathing help mm. but if you start reducing the breathing basically you open the airways and you also enable the horse to have more oxygen the oxygen becomes more available to the horse huh. if you reduce the over-breathing. So, and horses recognise immediately, over-breathing um, over is puts you into a, a stressful state, basically. So if you reduce it, that puts you into a calmer, more soothing state. Interesting. All right. The only, that, the only cool. thing is, uh, there is a bit of a rider to that, is that particularly head shakers have got so much damage in their face. And when you start to reduce the breathing, the damage instantly starts to heal and it becomes very itchy. Mm. Like, like if you cut yourself, you know, it, it goes through an itchy stage. You know what I mean? Or like if you have pins and needles and the blood gotcha. circulation comes back, it can be sort of, it can feel really weird. And yeah. so that's a bit of a difficulty because head shakers tend to go, oh, oh, you know, and that's awful. Yeah. If you persevere, then you improve their breathing and then their, their muscles calm down. Oh, then they enjoy it. But yeah. funnily enough, horses with asthma 
tend to enjoy it straight away. They go, oh, thank goodness for that. That's lovely. No, that's really cool. And I've got a couple of people in my barn who I could definitely su- suggest this to them. One horse who just had um, surgery and it did improve her breathing a lot, but now she's got a bit of a chronic cough. So this is something that you can do just, you're doing this at the standstill with the horse on the cross ties or in the barn or just hang, hanging out in the field? Yes, you can. For the one end technique, I suggest people, obviously, if they're new to equine breathing and the horse is new to equine breathing yes definitely i mean being a, a brit we don't like cross ties very much gotcha gotcha we find them a bit sort of shocking but yeah definitely tied up it's very much like the positive reinforcement stuff you don't mm. want the horse to feel like they're being forced to reduce their gotcha. breathing they should only do it in the way that is comfortable for them so I guess if a horse is, I'm not used to cross ties. I've never used them. (laughs) I guess if a horse is used to them, then you could do it. But you hear what I'm saying. You don't want them to be forcing them to do the one. It's got to be something that they take part in, actively take part in. And then they will just fall asleep. So these are all techniques that you do at the standstill? None of this is done at the walk or the trot or the canter or anything? Well, no, because that's a very good point. Because the thing is that I do have other methods. So I've got breathing which horses can wear and I absolutely forbid people to use the breathers when the horse is being ridden now my reasoning is when a horse is active especially being ridden their requirement for oxygen absolutely soars up huge amount so it's very difficult for someone a handler to know how much to reduce the breathing breathing has to increase i mean obviously the horse is starting a horse with problems is starting with their breathing much higher than it should be when they start exercising or or being ridden then their requirement would go up very high and we don't know how much they can reduce their breathing when they're active but that doesn't matter because if you do the breathing training at a standstill what you're doing is you're basically increasing fitness you're basically increasing the body's ability to to obtain oxygen from the blood and to stay in anaerobic respiration so Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing so if you're doing one end at a standstill obviously you have to do it regularly the Mm -hmm. horse become increasingly fit so that when they are then ridden they're starting from a fitter standpoint gotcha no so you can you can you can um a really nice thing to do especially if you're doing groundwork is you can use the one end as a reward so you can do a couple of rounds of trot or whatever it is you're working on and then do one end because what it does is it calms the horse down puts them back into parasympathetic it also increases the oxygen availability to the brain teaching a horse if you increase the oxygen ability to the brain, they function better. Mm-hmm. Also, the oxygen availability to the muscles, because overbreathing decreases blood circulation. So if you reduce the overbreathing, you increase blood circulation to the muscles. And I haven't talked about it yet, but carbon dioxide, basically the body's one of the body's main regulators. Not a waste gas. That's what it's it's had a really bad rap. It's not a waste gas. In fact, a, a Dr. Singh in 2017 wrote a review of breathing he was interested in yoga particularly he said at the end so basically um, carbon dioxide is the breath of life see it's carbon dioxide that is so important so what happens is the carbon dioxide allows muscles to relax so conversely 
if the horse is over breathing at rest and then starts exercising and then over breathes more when they exercise, their muscles are likely to be tenser mm-hmm. than they need to be. So what you can do is if you're working your horse, you can, as I say, get some sort of activity and then mm-hmm. stop and do the one in. And that mm-hmm. not only makes them feel better, it enables them to concentrate better. Their muscles are softer. It's a nice thank you for them. That is very interesting. That would be interesting to mix up with our plus for horses who if they're so enthusiastic about the treats that it gets tricky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. We actually have an R plus lady coming to our farm the first week of August. Yeah, the last time I was taking care of a horse who had heaves, I mean, the only thing the vet could offer me, aside from the standard over-the-counter supplements, of which there's several, they had a new kind of steroid that you had to administer. You had to actually put the thing right in the horse's nostril. And you had to click this thing and you had to do it right when the horse was inhaling. So you had to try to time it. So you click it, you release it. And on the next inhale, and you had to do that like six or 10 times or something. (laughs) It's quite tricky. Well, the problem is that drugs and supplements can make it harder for a horse to heal. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, steroid is is slightly different, but if you think about the um, the Venter Pullmans and stuff like that, the things Mm -hmm. that expand the the airways, if your horse is already over-breathing, if you force the airways open, it allows more air to come in and out. And the over-breathing is what causes the symptoms. So you get a vicious cycle developing. And I I don't know if this is still the case, but in people with asthma, it used to be the case that if they were on a certain amount of Ventolin a week, like three or four times in a week, their asthma would get worse. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is that with asthma, it can kill you. So if you need the drugs, you need the drugs because you don't want to die. But mm. if you want to recover from asthma, you need to try and train your breathing back down towards normal levels. And then at some point, you can stop taking the drugs and then you'll improve even more because, as yeah. I said, drugs can make it harder because you're, it's not just the, the fact that you're, you're increasing the overbreathing, but it's also things like healing is basically just cell growth, maintenance and repair. It's not magic. It's just effective cellular functioning. And so that can all happen much better if the physiology is functioning well enough because the breathing is good enough. And what happens is when you start to reduce the breathing, this healing, cell growth, maintenance and repair increases because it's able to. And so it produces waste products. They have to be excreted by the excretory organs, which are the skin, the uh, kidneys, the liver... And, the gut. and if you push the healing rate too fast, the excretory organs can't keep up. You basically get like a hangover. It's an internally produced hangover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if you're giving things like drugs and supplements, unless the body absolutely needs them precisely in the form that you're giving them, which is yeah. sort of unlikely, then those substances need to be broken down by the excretory organs. That takes up some of their capacity. So then if you're trying to heal at the same time, the healing rate is subdued because the excretory organs are already busy excreting mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, people give horses huge amounts of magnesium. You know, magnesium, like many things, is poisonous. So the body has to get rid of it if it's at too high doses. I mean, yes, if the body's lacking magnesium, which is, again, due down to the breathing, which I can explain, but that is a bit slightly complicated. But yes, if you're just replacing the magnesium that the body needs, that's fine. But if you Mm -hmm. give too much, then 
you're putting a burden on the excretory organs. That's why I always say to people when they start doing equine breathing, well, firstly, they have to continue with their vet- any veterinary drugs. They must continue because gotcha. they can't, you can't go from one system to the other overnight. You know, you've got to keep up the veterinary drugs and keep giving them until you see enough improvement that you can then discuss it with your vet and ask for a step down program. But if we're talking about supplements and things, then I always suggest people put them in a bucket and let the horse take what they need, because then they're more likely to take what they actually need. And people do find like, for example, with herbs for respiratory, mm-hmm. as I say, which open the airways, they may be essential to begin with. But at some point, as the breathing reduces towards normal, the physiology starts to improve. The horse will know that they no longer need those and that they'll stop taking them. Yeah, they so just stop. If, if someone were going to try this with their horse, uh, how often do they have to do it? How much time does each session take what i suggest is a recommended period because it's a training so to some extent the more you do the quicker you will heal but that goes up to a maximum of where the excretory organs can't cope with the healing anymore mm. so my recommended level is about 30 minutes a day okay running. and i suggest people do that for a week and then they can see for themselves because one end doesn't cost anything, they mm-hmm. can see for themselves whether equine breathing is working on their horse. And yeah. if they want to, and they if they don't have time to do enough one end, which is often the case, you know, people, they just don't have the 30 minutes, then you can buy a breather, which is much more effective, because you can either leave a very mild breather on for say, like eight to 12 hours. So you get a very mild effect, just very gradually just reducing the breathing, or you can get an equine breather, which you do as a designated breathing session where the horse just relaxes and goes into mm-hmm. a very deep healing state for like an hour or 90 minutes and that's an equine breather mm-hmm. um, and it depends I mean some people if people only see their horse once a day then that's the equine breather is a good option people do see their horse twice a day or they're at a barn where the people will be happy to put the breather on and take it off mm-hmm. then they can go for the all-weather breather which is the milder one that sounds so interesting and so accessible too there's so many therapies out there now my my brain melteth with the number of uh treadmills electromagnetic zap zap machines i mean there's so much stuff out there now it's not laser therapies i mean like there's so much stuff yeah it's a lot of it is extremely expensive and time i mean if you have to have shockwave therapy on your horse the vet has to come here They've got to drug your horse because the shockwave machine makes a big loud noise and the vet has to come back over and over. They're very expensive. Yeah, there's so much stuff out there now. This is relatively very accessible and very straightforward, uh, especially compared to all that other stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, you see, we're not doing anything outside the normal for the horse. All we're doing is Mm -hmm. bringing the horse back towards normal. You may not even get to normal Mm -hmm. because of various reasons, but even if you just bring the breathing down a bit, you understand start to get improvements in the physiology and the reason you like it is because it's not a veterinary technique it's a training and you don't need to like you all the stuff you were just talking about it's like it sounds like you need a veterinary degree to sort of understand (laughs) what you want to do and you know how to choose which one to start with 
But mm. no, I mean, equine breathing is just a very natural thing to do with a horse. You know, not everyone, but a lot of people find it very enjoyable and that it increases their bond with the horse because basically it's like you say, putting the horse first, you're basically doing something for the horse. That makes total sense. So why don't you tell us right now what your website is and how people can get in touch with you? Yes, it's um it's very straightforward. It's www.equinebreathing one word dot com my email is on every page and it's Mm -hmm. there's loads of information there but the basic thing is that people can just try it they don't need to know anything really i mean Mm -hmm. if their horse has symptoms of any kind then they will be over breathing because Mm -hmm. symptoms by definition mean that the physiology is not working properly so it's always worth trying and even if the horse is on lots of drugs it's still Mm. worth trying because it doesn't cost anything and horses have this incredible power to heal if they're given the right sort of gas which is Mm. what happens if you reduce the breathing you you bring the gas mix into back into a a sort of normal mix like putting wrong gas in the car you know yeah that does not work (laughs) i've had that happen yeah (laughs) i wound up with gas in a diesel truck on accident that was not good yeah um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I should let you go. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, we wrap up? No, it's just uh, I think it's a lovely um, it, it's a lovely um, podcast subject. And thank I you. wish you all the best with it, you know, because uh, it's a lovely thing to talk about. Yeah, thank you. And it leaves me a diversity. I can talk to people about all kinds of things. And your equine breathing, I love because it's so accessible for everybody and anybody with oh. any... Yeah, it's funny you should say that, though, because people find it very, there's two types of people. Some kind of people find it sort of very obvious and they go, yes, my horse is overbreathing. Other people Mm. find it very threatening. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, I think because probably if their own breathing is poor, for humans, it's almost more difficult to reduce their breathing because the conscious mind has become involved and is looking after things and doesn't want to, doesn't want change. So for some people, it can be very frightening. And so they say, oh, that's rubbish, you know, but never mind, because um, a lot of people, it does make sense. And gradually, Mm. gradually, I'm hoping that I just would like people to understand that breathing is something that we should pay attention to. Well, Claire, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate you coming to fill in a podcast episode for me. That was awesome. And I'm also very happy to spread this out more in the world. This sounds like some great stuff. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen. I really enjoyed my conversation with Claire. I found this topic fascinating. Once again, she has plenty of resources and information on her website, www.equinebreathing.com. Thanks for listening.